Hello, everybody. This is Latrice Ferguson from the Workplace Learning and Professional Development Team, and I'd like to welcome you to the next episode of our podcast, Interruptions. For those of you that have never listened to our podcast, Interruptions, before, the reason why we call it Interruptions is because we really believe that there is a space between the time when something happens, an event happens, and your response. And if you have the tools in that space, that space is what we call interruptions. If you have that, the tools in that space, then you're able to actually make a difference and leverage those tools to get an outcome that you would like. And so today I'm excited. Uh, I have a colleague here with me. And before she introduces herself, I will um, give you some quick facts about her and see if you can guess who it is. <laughs> so um, the first thing is that this person has been a part of the Workplace Learning and Professional Development team since it's been called Workplace Learning and Professional Development. That's one guess. Uh, the next guest is the next guest is this person is pretty much involved in every single aspect of campus life here at Georgia Tech. Anybody got any guesses? Mm-hmm. And the last tip that I will give is that she is the number one dog spoiler, puppy lover, everything dog related. She's the person to talk to about those things. She treats her dogs better than my mom probably treats me in some instances. <laughs> so anyway, just a little fun, a few little fun facts. But I like to... Um, Welcome, Wansley Dennis, to the program. Say hi to the people, Wansley. Hello, everybody. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been here at Tech? I've been here at Georgia Tech since September 1993. I was fortunate enough, I was called up on military leave of absence in 2003, which was supposed to have been two years, and it ended up being five years. But Georgia Tech was uh, very nice. I still walked out of my office and walked back into my office doing the same thing, which I felt very fortunate. So you say doing the same thing. What do you do? What is your, we know you're all around campus <laughs> doing lots of things, but what is your job? What does Georgia Tech compensate you, cut you a check every month to do? Okay, currently my job is a training coordinator, and that covers a lot of areas. I handle all of the logistics from our training classes, which includes getting the calendar set up for our classes to be scheduled, setting up the classroom, and making sure that everything is ready. So when you all come to classes, you can be spoiled and say, wow, hey, I want to come back for some more classes and make sure that the certificates are printed correctly. Even if you say if your name is Peter and you want it to say Pete, okay, we can do that as well. And we ordered the food so that you'll have snacks and you don't have to bring all of that stuff with you. You just come and enjoy a wonderful training experience. And then we also have the new employee experience, which is held over in the Gordy Room of the Wardlaw Building. And I'm responsible for the logistics of that as well. And then there's always that other duties as a sign. <laughs> Which is one that we're doing right now, podcast. <laughs> yes. So the reason why we are talking today is oftentimes when I'm training or some of our other trainers are training, we get this question about how do you motivate people that have been around the Institute for a long time? So basically, you said 1993? Three, yes. So 1993 to 2017. How many years is that? 
1993, 2003. Is that 20? 20, 20 plus years. 20 plus years. Yes. So oftentimes we, when we're talking and we're teaching and we're trying to figure out you know, as managers, how to motivate people, how to keep people engaged. Um, when they do a job really, really well, um, the question that managers have oftentimes is they do their job well. They don't really want to be promoted into any additional job role. They're comfortable with what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing. But y'all want us to write these goals every year. And my job is a training coordinator. My job hasn't changed, um, but you want me to come up with these like lofty goals. And so a lot of times we end up having conversations about how to do that, how to create an environment where employees that are currently thriving. Now, let me caveat this. This is a conversation about employees that are thriving. Wansley is a stellar employee and does a great at her job. So employees that are thriving, how do we keep that um, keep them engaged and keep them motivated. And people want to know that all the time. And so one place um, that we start when we think about that is this whole idea. We read this book called Good to Great. And Stephen Collins says in the book, he talks about the fact that, I guess the question is posed, how do you motivate a demotivated employee? And so we're not saying you are demotivated, but how do you motivate a demotivated employee? And he says, you don't. You're wasting your time. It it likely means that they're in the wrong seat on the wrong bus. So how many of us that are listening to this as a manager have spent time spinning our wheels trying to figure out how do I motivate someone that doesn't seem motivated? So let's just get that out in the open first and foremost because the research says that you don't. You can't. It's not possible. Whenever I hear things like that, I take that as a challenge, but I don't want to spin my wheels unnecessarily. So the conversations then probably should become like, are you in the right seat? Are you doing the right things? What are some additional things that you should be doing? Or what is a different bus or a different role that you might want to explore? And how can I, as a manager, help you get there? A lot of times in those conversations, people get a little bit uncomfortable because it feels as though, oh, you're saying that you don't want me here or you don't want me to be here. No, what we want to do is get you in the right seat on the right bus so that you're no longer demotivated. So that's step one. But when we think about long-time employees, Wansley, what what keeps you motivated um, in your job? What keeps you engaged? My job, because it is unlike other positions I mean it changes constantly and having the autonomy to be able to make changes in my job and I see where I'm I used to do it this way it's 2018 it's not 1996 anymore so things are being done differently but I feel that it has to you know start within yourself you have to motivate yourself because if you don't motivate yourself and put out there in the air or whatever you call it that you want to grow then there's nothing that your manager can do for you. It's kind of like when a person is sick. If they made up in their mind that they don't want to get well, there's really nothing that the doctors can do. But if you just look around and say, okay, so I used to do this with paper such and such. Okay, well, maybe now I can put this on a drive where all of everybody on the team 
can get the same information. So instead of having all this paper running around the office, we can look, say, how we can do stuff more technology-driven and still get the same process done. So basically, you're saying that there has to be a level of self-motivation in the employee. Oh, definitely. You can't, I mean, the manager, if you have, you know, things that, you know, you want the person to do, but if they're just sitting around, you know, complaining or twiddling their thumbs saying, I don't want to do this, then you have to ask why. But sometimes, you know, there could be some mental illnesses going on. There could be some physical things going on. But I feel that if you get to know the person and kind of, you know, can look at them and say, okay, well, they're, you know, um, fit, seem to be a little bit different today. And just find out, you know, what's going on with them. And if you've done all of that, you know, that's all that you can do. The individual, you as an individual have to want to be motivated and you should be grateful. Hey, you know, I still have a job. I still have a good job. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech is a good place to work. There is so much going on outside of your door and outside of your work area that you have got to physically get up. It's not all about everything that's on the computer where you can do webinars or where you can sit in and listen to this. Physically get out and meet people and get more information, and that will just make you feel a whole lot better. I mean, that's that's what I do. Okay, so let's think about our audience who's listening. If there is a an employee who's listening, step one you are suggesting if you are in a state where you are demotivated for whatever reason, there are lots of reasons that can happen. You're suggesting one, they get up and get out and just try to get out on campus and see and meet people and greet people. Exactly. Because there are thousands of students out there and people, and just if you're standing at the bus stop waiting for, you know, someone to get on the bus and you see that person that just say, Hey, how are you doing? My name is Wansley Dennis. Uh, what is your major here at Georgia Tech? You know, just get some information because you never know. Someone else might be in the same predicament or, you know, may live in the area where you live. You never know how you make that contact, or as some people call it, the um, the elevator statement. But it's getting out there, you know, putting yourself out there with people. If you say you're shy, take the first step to go out and meet someone. All right. So employees... If you are feeling like you're in a demotivated state, specifically those who've been around for a while, and we recognize that that can happen. Like we're not pretending as if, if you worked somewhere for 20 plus years, I would imagine that there have been some times when you are not as motivated as other times. So step one, Wansley is suggesting that you make connections, get out into campus and make connections. For managers who are listening to this, I also heard in what you were saying, Wansley, that um, the managers need to get to know their employees, so kind of understanding what's going on with them. If, if they seem to be a little bit different, to so get curious. So managers get curious, employees get self-motivated and get out there. All right. So I think that sounds that sounds awesome. So let's, let's, let's take it like this. Let's throw a monkey wrench in the plan. So say, for instance, there is a broken relationship between the manager where a manager can't really connect with the employee and understand fully what's going on. There's a barrier there, right? Any suggestions for how to sort of push through through those types of situations? You won't always see eye to eye with everybody. But I feel that you're human beings, and in the workplace, you have to have a working relationship. So if you feel that 
if there is a communication problem or it's a broken relationship and if you feel that maybe you can't talk to your manager about it, then if you all have a neutral party that you can talk to and maybe you can express your concerns to them. But remember, make sure it's not personal because if it's personal, no, no two people are alike. You may be, if, you, if you've taken the disc class and then you'll see that everybody has different personalities. But if it's not, if it's not personal, if it's professional, you know, just talk with someone else about it because maybe sometimes I can speak for myself that you can put your feelings in it too much. And sometimes you have to put a break on the feelings and say, okay, maybe I'm uh, beating this to death and it's not as bad as I think it is. But you have to talk about it. But when you talk about it, both parties have to be able to listen to each other and listen, really, not hearing what you want to hear, but truly listen and find out what it is and what the problem is. Because if you, you don't want to bring a mediator into it, because then to me that just makes the problems worse. But just find, you know, someone else maybe within your team where you can talk about it. Or like I say, just take a step back and really look at it and say, am I just being a big baby about this and I'm just blaming it on my manager when it's, that's not the problem? There's just something that I need to do within myself because, as we all know, we can only fix the problems within ourselves. We can't fix the problems with others. But you have to at least be willing to try. Okay. Thank you for that, Wansley. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is if you are an employee listening to this podcast, Step one to repairing that relationship so that you can get to a place where you can start to understand what's causing the demotivation is take personal accountability. Look at it through all lenses, be personally accountable. And for a manager on the manager side, it's very important for that manager to ensure that they are keeping the dialogue open. So keeping the, the, the ability for that two-way conversation to happen. Okay. That all sounds sounds good to me. There's an article that we'll link it um, to the bottom of the podcast called Four Tips to Motivate the Unmotivated. Um, so interestingly enough, we started with Stephen Collins and we were thinking about this idea where he's saying, you know, you, you are probably not spending your emotional capital well if you're continually trying to spin your we- wheels to motivate um, an unmotivated employee. Yet, we have lots of articles and lots of things out there that talk about some tips to help you do that. One of the unique things about being on a a campus or at an institution of higher learning is there are always opportunities for people to get involved and do other things on campus. Um, Tell me, Wansley, why do you take so much pride and pleasure in getting out on campus and volunteering um, with the organizations and stuff that you do? Well, I feel working at uh, Georgia Tech, and it gives me pride because, we're, you know, Georgia Institute of Technology is well-known everywhere, and when I go to and volunteer, like this Thursday for the sting break, I get to meet students because I've always been on the business side. I never get to really interact with any of the students. So to get to meet some of the students, I even, you know, I've invited them to my home. They've eaten and, you know, for different cultures because Georgia Tech is such a, you know, it's so diverse with all the people that are here. And it just gives me pleasure knowing that I helped a student because it's like, okay, you never know 
the difference and the impact that you make in someone's life. And like when I've helped out with the team buzz and talking to some of the female students with some things that they had going on. And then when I would see them again on campus, they'd be, hey, Miss Wansley, how you doing? And it could be a student that I met from years ago. You know, you just never forget them because, you know, these are young people and they're focused on what's going on in the classroom. But sometimes, you know, at my age, I can let them know about, you know, some things that's going on in life. You know, they live here in Atlanta, warn them about certain areas. You know, if you're going somewhere, you know, at this place, make sure that you have someone with you and that type of thing. Because I can learn from them just like they can learn from me. And I just really enjoy it. It's just, um, you know, meeting these young people and these young minds and talk about, you know, what they've got going on because they are the future. Gotcha. Thank you. So basically, when I hear you talk about this, I, it starts to make me think about, all right, if I have an employee as a manager, I manage a team of seven, there's eight of us. Um, if I have an employee who's not doing, performing the best in their job, right? They're not necessarily not doing something, but they're not performing at their maximum capacity, and then that person wants to get involved with all of these other things on campus, it causes the manager some concern because you're not performing at a level in which I need you to perform to do your day-to-day responsibilities. So can you talk a little bit about this idea of, you know, making sure that your, your number one responsibility is taken care of so that you have the ability to do these other things that interest you? Well, you know, that's interesting because I would caution wondering how, say, me can go out on campus and do other things and be involved in other things, or like people would say, not taking care of home because I would look at it if I were the manager, okay, if you're not really uh, putting forth the effort that you should within your day-to-day work, So how can I be assured that when you go out and participate in these other events on campus that you're not going to be doing the same thing? So therefore, you're starting something here, you're starting something here, you're starting starting a lot of stuff, but you're not really completing a whole lot of things, and you're not putting a whole lot of effort into it because you want me to give, but you're not willing to give. So... I would find it very hard, you know, and would pause and say, why is it you want to do this? And because the motivation has to, and you treat your job like this is home. Motivation has to start at home. So if you see where you're putting forth 110% at home, then I know that when you go out, because you got to think about it, you're representing us. So if you go out and you do it halfway, like what you're doing in the office, that's not a good representation of your group. So if I wisely say I want to go and participate in other things, I have to know that I'm putting out a good work thing in the office place because it starts here because I can't be working on a project here, leave it half done, and then go out and work in something else and do it really well and expect to get appreciation or recognition for a job well done. If that makes sense. I kind of hear it in my head. Yeah, no. But I'm not sure if I'm explaining it. It makes perfect sense. I think when I'm, as I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing for employees is just to take care of home first. Like, do your best work and your job, and then there will be room, if you're engaged, there's room for you to do other things. 
And managers, it sounds like managers need to really be open to alternate assignments, open to, you know, an idea that maybe there's something else I can do on campus that gets my juices flowing. My day-to-day job may be mundane or it's the same kind of thing, and I'm good at it and I do it well, but managers be open to, you know, volunteer opportunities. You're on the staff council. You get opportunities to do various other things and be on the lookout so that you can share those opportunities with your employees. That sounds sounds very reasonable to me. One of the other tips that is in the article that we'll link it says to for managers to clearly state your own expectations. And so as you think about what your expectations are, I think managers have to be really clear, right? A lot of times employees are looking to be treated. They say they want to be treated fairly. And I did like air quotes. You can't see it on the podcast, but fairly. And what does fairly really mean? Because everybody is different. And so you can't treat everyone the same. But what you can do is clearly articulate your expectations. So it's my expectation that these particular things within the scope of your job are done. And when that is, you know, agreed upon to a standard, a level that we both agree to and appreciate, then there's opportunity for you to do some additional things outside of the office. And sometimes it doesn't even mean that you have to do it on your own time. You can take time away from the office and go, you know, for an hour or two to go and participate in something else and make up the work later. But managers can feel confident if they have a conscientious employee that they know will make sure that that work is done. I think the disconnect comes when something is off balance. So the work is not getting done. You know, the relationship is not there. All those things come into place. And then that causes you to want to clamp down on the employee as opposed to be open and let them do that. How do you find out about all these things that you that you get involved in? I read the Daily Digest when it comes into my email box. I don't trash it, <laughs> number one. I'm sure our Institute Communications partners will be happy to know that. Yes, read I that. read it and I let it sit and then I go back and read it again. I also um, read the, the whistle articles or I just, you know, talk to different people on campus, you know, to find out, you know, what's going on. Just, I don't know, I'm just networking. I my husband says nosy, but I just, you know, what's going on? Because if something, you know, gets by and it's like, oh, man, when was that hell? I didn't know about that. Because so many people, when they say, well, where did you get that shirt? I went to such and such and such, and I always tell them, you got to get out there. You don't know if you don't get out there. And I hear them all the time, well, I don't have time for that. If they don't do it during work hours, and I'm not going. And I said, you know what? That's the problem. You always make excuses. It's 24 hours in a day. You know, there's, you know, if you, and I have animals and stuff at home too, but you have to, you have to make the decision as to what you want to do. You have to make your own happiness. Your manager, that's not your parent. It starts with you. You have to say, you know what? I woke up this morning, so everything from that is downhill. Yep. I can get it all done, but, it's, and I'm sorry, in answer to your question, yes, the Daily Digest, the Whistle, or when, um, Campus services, when she sends out that newsletter, when I'm over at the student center, you know, looking on the bulletin boards and see what's going on, just constantly keeping my eyes and ears open for what's happening on campus. So remaining curious, employees, like that's a good thing to think about. That's a good place, I think, to kind of start to shift the conversation to a close. 
We have told you about this idea of staying self-motivated, taking personal accountability, taking care of home first. Like those are essential ingredients to help you if you're feeling um, demotivated in some ways. And then managers, be open, be curious again also about your employee. What are the things that they um, enjoy doing? What kind of assignments appeal to them? Um, what kind of ways you can help them spread their wings on campus and be clear about what your expectations are. I think the last place that I want to take this conversation is this whole idea of goal setting. So each year when we start to talk about the performance management process, and we'll have another podcast just plugging our performance management podcast where we talk about that. But one of the things that people always say is my job doesn't change, but y'all want me to write all these goals. And so how do you feel, Wansley, truthfully, when it's time for goal setting time? That is very hard for me. And I always have to come in to you with a blank page and say, okay, what do I do? But then when I sit back and I look over my job, yes, it is. I wouldn't call it repetitive because I feel it's important. But it's just make sure that everything that I have and everything that I'm supposed to be doing that I list it, and it's important that when I list it, but make sure that when I'm doing it, that I'm doing it to the best of my ability. Because, yes, I put it on paper, and when I look back, yeah, that's what I had last year. But what I have to ask myself is, okay, how you did it last year, how are you going to do it this year? So, yes, it might be the same goals, but the thing about it is how I did it in 2016. I won't do it in 2018, or how I do it in 2018 I won't do it in 2019. It's, you know, it's always constantly changing and constantly evolving. You've got to get, you know, knock the dust off and say, okay, how am I going to make these changes? How am I going to do it? Yeah, it can be, I'm, I know I myself, I make it hard. It's not really not that hard. But the thing about it is when you list those things that you're going to do, make sure that you give it 110%. Yep. So that's interesting to me. And we'll, again, we'll have another podcast um, about performance management and goal writing, etc. But one good thing that we always try to do is have stretch goals, right? So we have goals that stretch you a little bit beyond what it is your comfort zone is. And every year I think about our conversations and she tries to weasel out of the stretch goals. She tries to like put a goal that's not a stretch as the stretch goal. Um, But all of that really is a part of me as a manager trying to help my employees remain engaged in the work that they do and give them a little bit of space to co-create this idea of learning and growing in a way in a direction that they want to do. So the interruption for today is really if you are feeling unmotivated, if you're feeling like my job has gotten so routine that I can do it with my eyes closed. If you feel like you need some extra oomph to get you going for the remainder of this year, go back and listen to this podcast. But remember what Wansi has told us is it's all about you. You know, you have to be self-motivated, have to take personal responsibility and do the best at your work so that you can have opportunities to get out and do other things. And for managers, ask your employees what's going on with them. Stay connected to them. Ask them things about what they like and what they want to do, how they want to grow, what areas they want to grow. Find assignments that appeal to them. Get to know them as individuals. And lastly, but not leastly, 
when you're looking for opportunities to spread your wings, read the Daily Digest. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been Latrice Ferguson and Wansley Dennis from the Workplace Learning and Professional Development team. We hope you enjoyed our quick chat today. Um, Make sure you subscribe and, you know, come back and listen to more podcasts with us. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Wansley, for doing this. You're welcome.